Good afternoon, listeners. Welcome to episode two of the Carnegie Pod. I'd just like to start off by saying thanks very much to all of you who took the time to listen to the first podcast. There's been a lot of really good positive feedback and for that I'm really, really grateful. Don't forget you can get in touch with me and uh, put yourself forward to have a chat with me. Maybe there's something in particular you want to talk about, a particular event, etc. Just get in touch. Hope you're all well and running's going in the right direction for you. I'm still not running, unfortunately, but um, I did decide last week that I would go out on my bike. Um, I shouldn't have bothered, actually, because I fell off and had a bit of a nasty accident. So I can't run or cycle now. Um, the good news is I've been to physio and um, progress is slow, but I think I'm maybe heading in the right direction. I really do hope so. Uh, I'm a bit scared to just do anything at the moment and I think I should stay at home and wrap myself up in bubble wrap. This episode, I am talking to Colin Reynolds. Makes sense to talk to him, given that he lives in the same house as me. Uh, You all know Colin and if, if you don't know him already, then you certainly will do by the end of this. Colin has been a member of uh, Carnegie Harriers for a number of years. He has been a hill running captain. He just stood down this year and he's certainly no stranger to the hills. Uh, Find out what rocks Colin's running world and uh, how 2020 is going for him in this particular episode, which I really do hope you enjoy listening to. Cheers, guys. Hi there, Colin. Would you like to start off telling us where you are right now in terms of running, what your year has looked like and what your goals were for this year, what you've missed out on, etc. Yeah, yeah, no problem, obviously. Yeah, I think where I am at the moment is uh, I'm on the comeback trail again. Uh, I think I've had more comebacks now than Muhammad Ali. Um, and it starts off an extremely uh, low effort level, trying to get a couple of miles in injury-free building up on distance, trying to increase pace once I get up back up to about 10k and above. Um, but that's exactly where I'm just saying. I'm on, I'm on the uphill ramp at the moment and uh, just trying to get back to some kind of fitness, uh, which hopefully will include the, the weight loss that will allow me to improve to roughly where I was, even at the same time last year, to be fair. Is this the lockdown um, weight loss that we've all been suffering from? Uh, Sorry, yeah. weight gain. I'm saying yeah. weight loss, weight gain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've had the lockdown weight gain. I've, I've been jealous of <laughs> others who have seemed to have had the, the lockdown weight loss. I guess I was standing in the wrong queue um, when they were handing out the, uh, the, 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 two, the two options, you know. But yeah, I've, uh, I've gained a few pounds and uh, I'm looking to uh, knock that off and try and get back to some reasonable fitness again. So what was your year supposed to look like this year? The year started off uh, really pretty well, to be fair. We had a, uh, I was looking forward to a really um, interesting hill running Grand Prix within the club, which we had a lot of great local races in and, uh, and a, a lot of opportunities to be involved in them. So, and some fairly epic things as well. Like the, you know, I was really hoping that my fitness was going to be good enough for the Glen C9. Uh, and that would have been a, a one-off for me, uh, but certainly by the towards the end of the year, uh, which has just passed, uh, the Ben Nevis race, I was hoping to have my fitness at a good level for Ben Nevis again. Um, that's that hasn't came about. Um, I think that the lackey races, um, I think I've been like many others. The the lackey races meant I I haven't had the motivation 
to get my fitness levels up to the point where I feel I could at least go and uh, not shame myself with them. So, so I'm not where I, I expected to be. Uh, the, the the running year didn't really uh, provide all the the um, the highs that it should have done, and it's uh, effectively been pretty disappointing up until now. To be fair, but it's been really a non-event. Mm-hmm. I think we're all feeling that this year, aren't we? Yeah, it's just not happened at all for anyone, which I suppose is a a bit comforting in knowing that it's been the same for everyone else, and it's yeah. not something individual to you. Yeah. Um. How did you get into running then? Was it something that you did when you were a child? Did you have any success at that or anything, or is it just something you came into in later life? I'd love to say that it was always something that I I'd, uh, I'd wished to do and and. Uh, aspire to do but absolutely not um at school i was a i was a keen rugby player um but running as, as part of it being uh, rugby it wasn't really something that i enjoyed um in fact during the cross country i'd be one of the guys that was hiding behind the medway huts you know trying to avoid the <laughs> PE teacher so um yeah running distance i think when you're 14 15 year old isn't cool uh, and isn't easy, so uh, let others take the, the, the front line with that. So um, it was actually something I got into purely by accident. Um, I went to run to raise money for a charity that had supported uh, a sick niece. Um, she had uh, a brain tumour at the time, and uh, I, I, I raised a question that was, what was going to be, what, what did I think would be easier? Uh, you know, recovering from a brain tumour or um, uh, running a half marathon and at that time I was fairly overweight and uh, you know, the easiest thing would certainly be running a half marathon uh, rather than fighting a, a cancerous brain tumour mm-hmm. uh, so the, the two charities that supported my niece um, benefited from uh, the, the funds that I raised for running the Dunfermline Half Marathon so, uh, so that, that idea hatched in my brain in January and the Dunfermline Half Marathon was uh, if I remember round about um, June, early June time I think, I may be wrong um, so uh, I started running a few miles um, every day uh, building that up slowly and by June time I was fairly fit and had a, a decent half marathon effort I got good funds together for the charities and uh, by that time I was completely um, hooked on it mm-hmm. uh, so therefore went took, took uh, you know got on the, the sort of real running bus then and, and, and took my efforts to run the Loch Ness Marathon uh, in October the same year uh, I'd already done a few half marathons before then and um, that was 2003 so 17 years ago and uh, never stopped mm-hmm. just kept it going and how's your niece these days? Did she get through her treatment? Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's now a mother. Good. Yeah, uh, yeah. So she's doing she's doing well. Oh, she's doing well. Yeah. So was that a specific thing that you wanted to target something that was local, for you know a, a kind of local reason? Yeah, it's almost as if I worked to prove that I was doing something and people could see a bit of a journey for it. Um, and because I'm feeling half marathon, I've seen people. Uh, in my early years, I lived in a, a flat in Rosyth and the Dunfermline Half Marathon route went past the, the window and I wasn't even aware of any running events in the area. And I seen it, I thought, these guys are amazing. So uh, I, I kind of planted a seed, but it was many years after that before I even thought about running. And uh, I had a friend, uh, David Green, who'd done a bit of running in the past. And uh, him and I got together and started training as we were neighbours at that time. 
and uh, we both ran <coughs> at Dunfermline and Half Marathon and Loch Ness Marathon together that year. And um, it's probably one of the most enjoyable, memorable uh, running memories and journeys that I've had in running, going from kind of zero to hero, to be fair, you know, because it was um, not, fitness wasn't on uh, my agenda at that time. I was a, a fairly young dad with two kids and the only thing I'd done in my adult life was, was uh, a few years training as a kickboxer and, and then um, kind of left that aside um, and got really more into my duties of, of uh, parenthood. And then running came back on the table. It was an opportunity to do something, and uh, it was great. It was just the right thing at the right time. So you went from rugby to kickboxing to running. Yeah. Is, is yeah. running the thing that's kind of stuck the most for you? Yeah, well, I, I don't think there's much of a link there, to be fair. No, know, so no, it's not, not uh, a direct link, that's for sure. There's probably a decade between each discipline <laughs> too, you know, so... I, um, yeah, I was never any good at football, much to my uh, my father's disappointment, who was heavily involved in football. But um, uh, rugby was certainly was more my sport uh, when I was in my younger uh, years and teens, and uh, kickboxing was just something I think uh, that, that that filled a bit of a gap uh, when I was uh, in my mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, running was definitely the, once I once I'd found it, um, I, I pretty much thought that this is going to be with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, how did you get into Carnegie Harriers? Did you meet up with people or did you just research the club or what happened to get you there? Yeah, I think everybody's aware of the the um the, the fairly colourful uh, running vests. So. <laughs> I miss us, eh? Yeah, so it probably caught my eye at events and because in those days uh, a good um, shantner for Dunfermline Half Marathon was the the Carnegie Harriers Alton 10K. So mm-hmm. that's and following the training plan because I didn't know uh, really how to get myself fit enough to do these events. I uh, followed the training plan and, and a, a 10K was was what you wanted to do a few weeks before the Dunfermline Half and, and Carnegie Harriers uh, were quite clever in setting that event up uh, with, the, with the correct time frames. So I uh, seen quite a few Carnegie Harriers uh, at that time and just uh, it looked quite amazing the, the colours on the vest and uh, some people that you recognise from running through the streets and down the road when you were driving a car like Steve Yogg, uh, Ian Taylor and such likes you, these were like local heroes um, so you've seen them lining up beside you uh, on, on the time of the Alton 10k so I think that planted the seed but it was two or three years before I actually um, Kind of plucked up the courage to to go along to a training night. In fact, I think I'd run about three marathons, so it must have been about 2006. So after my third Loch Ness Marathon, uh, I went along to a Carnegie Harriers training night. And um, I think it was halfway, yeah, in October, so it was halfway through the year. And uh, Ian Taylor, who was the club secretary at the time, said, um, just, just if you're really adamant in joining, just, just give us half the half the club fees or, or you can just wait I'm like I don't want to wait I, w- I want to join right away mm-hmm. here's my money you know <laughs> take my money uh, I want to I'll sign anything you know anywhere uh, anything away you just couldn't uh, wait to get your hands on those vests right yeah that's right I couldn't <laughs> wait because I knew there was a a race coming up uh, what was it now Glen Clover half marathon and uh, that I was desperate to get a vest I'm sure I had to go and chap on someone's door on Friday night to get a vest uh, hand over the money to, to turn them to Glen Clover early on the Saturday morning and uh, and uh, I think it was, it was the f- 
I'm sure it's the first Harry at home uh, that year at the Glen Clover, which I was delighted about. Mm, and yeah, but nobody great. knew who I was, so uh, and it was fine. You just you're under the radar, and you, I had a decent run, and uh, it was just great to be running the club vest. Um, so it was great to have other people in the same vest, and you just felt really much part of something. There was no denying that um, people would come up and shake your hands afterwards. Where if you run uh, unattached, you you do really run unattached on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do events. Yeah, you go home or you go for a coffee and a bit cake later and, and unless you're a very extra, extravert person, uh, it can be a fairly lonely existence turning up for races and you don't always get involved in the, the, the fuller, uh, wider uh, side of um, you know, the, the sort of running family that, that seems to be present uh, within Scottish events and, and throughout Scottish events. So. And have you changed an awful lot since you started back in those early days? As a runner, you know, different things that you've done, different challenges you've experienced. You, you've done a couple of marathons before you actually even joined the club. So where did you go from there then? Uh, yeah, I, I was predominantly road running that I'd done and, and building up in distances. And I, I really enjoyed half marathon distance. I thought that was my, my strongest uh, distance. However, as, as uh, you meet people through the club and you're introduced to different things, uh, trail running uh, I enjoyed but I, I was introduced by George Murdoch um, to the hills and um, I really thought that that would probably be something that I could enjoy uh, in the future because it gave, um, it gave a, 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 a full day out experience it wasn't just uh, turn up for a race and eyeballs out you know you could um, <laughs> get much stop and smell the heather and take, take your <laughs> Take your breath and, and look at the beautiful scenery as well as get a few days workout. There's a bit of travelling involved and a bit of socialising, you know, car sharing, remember that. <laughs> and uh, it was just great to, to meet people that was, that was involved in, in the hill running because, to be fair, a, a lot of them are still there. It just seemed like a, a very um, uh, close-knit running community that, that kind of welcome you in and uh, you're not allowed to leave really, so... Mm-hmm. So yeah, from from roadrunner to to uh, from middle of the pack roadrunner to back of the pack a uh, runner, and I won't be any better than that. I mean the the, the class of these guys who do it well, uh, it's just incredible. You can just not get anywhere near them when up or on the down. But I'm quite happy just to be part of it really, and, and long may I be part of that that scene because it's just uh, it's just too nice a thing to leave behind. Mm-hmm. It's a real humbling experience, isn't it? You rock up at a hill race and you see these old guys and you think, oh, these guys are going to eat my dust, you know, they're toast. Um, you don't realise the pedigree of some of these old guys and, OK, they're, they're wearing shoes that are maybe 20 years old, but, my God, can they climb a hill and, my God, can they descend a hill? They really are something, you know, yeah, something to watch. Absolutely. Don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> uh, those legs have got, you know, miles and they... And elevation in them that you wouldn't believe. Uh, you certainly can't judge a good hill runner by by looking at them. I think it's, it says the same for a good cyclist. You know, um, there's a lot of experience and a lot of pain that endured. You know, they've been they've done it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, respect and kudos to them all. Yeah. So, would you say that was your favourite discipline then, if you were to choose something like over the roads or the hills or what have you? You know, I still have a harking back to 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 uh, to doing a good half marathon again, um, which was a, a distance I really felt uh, I got into. Um, but uh, yeah, if I can get get my fitness back up again, I'll certainly be present on the hills. Um, but trail running gives a, a bit of that back again, just through uh, terrain, scenery, uh, mm-hmm. effort levels, but also the recovery is a bit a bit easier. So. 
Um, certainly wouldn't like to give up the trails or the hills, but um, I might have to try and get a bit stronger on the trails again before uh, getting back on the hills and, and, and doing, doing them and myself justice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what kind of distance then would, would you prefer? You touched on there about the half marathon and how you'd like to get a, a, you know, another shot at the half marathon. Has that been your favourite kind of distance yeah. over the years? Yeah, definitely a half marathon uh, road race. Um, I just to just uh, really lapped them up. It, it was just something that I would do uh, almost, and I, I became a bit of a race junkie at the start. Mm -hmm. Almost every weekend, I would yeah. I would have at least one half in there, often supplemented by a ten k on the Sunday mm -hmm. if I could, or, or something on the Friday night. But yeah, a half would always sit there. Yeah, it'd be icing on the cake for me, and I've, I've lost count how many half marathons I've done. But yeah, definitely, I just think it's long enough for. Even as as my as I started to get older and my um, my energy levels dropped and I was starting to lose a bit of endurance, about the two hour mark was even on hill races was where I found myself most comfortable, and if it went over that, then I knew it was starting to fade. But right. always the sort of strongest period, in a sort of running sense, was up up and including sort of the two hour mark, and mm -hmm. that that was it. Anything after that, it just depended on whether you're having a good day and whether everything else went right. Yeah. Up to then, you could always really kind of knock it out mm -hmm. uh, for where I was anyway, and yeah, the fitness yeah. and I had. Do you have a favourite running memory? Um, I guess that could be something that's within a race or just a training run or an experience. <sighs> that's some question. Um, <laughs> uh, how long have I got? A, a as long as you like. Yeah, a, a favourite running memory. Uh, wow. Thing. Yeah, I don't want to be all over nostalgic, but um, just the great pals that you've ran over the years and the conversations you've had at times in your life when you've been uh, down in the doldrums and they've, they've, they've pulled, pulled you up back up to, you know, facing things uh, that you needed to face over the, you know, over the course of your training run. It doesn't have to be an epic event or race. It's mm -hmm. just spending time with like-minded yeah, people and yeah. there's no... No boundaries, you know, uh, people you run with could uh, do any kind of jobs in, in any kind of sector. It doesn't matter if you're running at seven minute mile pace and they're running at seven minute mile pace and that, that makes you equals sort of thing. Yeah, uh, it really kind of levels the playing field running, doesn't it? Because you could have a doctor running beside a plumber and yeah. their paths wouldn't ordinarily cross yeah. unless one was doing work for the other or one was visiting the other. Yeah. Um, but something like running, it just kind of brings people together and it's yeah. not about what your job is or what your background Absolutely. is, it's just about what you're doing yeah. just right then. Absolutely. I mean, you see people... I see people, possibly on a weekly basis, that um, you've either, if you've worked with them in the past uh, in different companies, um, you may decide to put your, you know, turn another way or, or just politely nod, but another runner that you've run in a club with or mm. even had a long conversation or, or built this these running relationships during the race, um, you, you make a bailing for each other and then that's yeah. it, everything else is dropped and you just have a pick up from where you left off and have a conversation. It, it just cuts through everything really, you know, it's like, it's all about the, you know, the pain and the race and the, and the experience and, and what you've done before and what you've got to do in the past. Um, but if I've got, if I've got to pick up my favourite race and it's not something I've even done particularly well at in, in the past, but it's, I think it's got to be the Ben race. It really has. Um, I just can't get enough of them. 
<laughs> should be some of their own choice of year. Um, but I'm sure um, that might not be in everybody's uh, interest. But yeah, if I can do the Ben race uh, up until I'm 70, then that would do me. If, I, if I've got to throw everything else in the bin and say, right, Ben race up until I'm 70, we'll go with that, Ben race. Mm-hmm. Final answer. It's interesting because both of you, uh, both you and I have a fondness for the Ben race for very, very different reasons. <laughs> um, and you were obviously unaware of my... Um, association with the Ben race before you and I even met and you were entered to do the Ben race uh, you know shortly before we met um, so what is it about the Ben race that just gets us all excited? Uh, well you already know but but for everybody else listening that hasn't done it there's a magic there's an actual magic atmosphere uh, descending the Fort William in the morning um, and it's not something that you other races that you know you're going to go and do them and you sign up for the months in the head. It might be a struggle to get in, it might not be, it might be an entry in the day. The Ben race is something that you, you, you've got to almost qualify for, so you have qualified races. And then you, when you wake up that morning, you know something special is going to happen. Um, you don't know if a completion is possible. You, you don't know if you're going to be um, airlifted <laughs> to, <laughs> the big to, to be more hospital. You just don't know how it's going to end up. You don't know if you're going to get a PB... Uh, you'll always get a, a cut of some kind or a graze or whatever, you know, there's no doubt it, the Ben race leaves its scars, but these are for the grandchildren to admire. Um, but it's just something special about rocking up uh, in the Clagan Park uh, on a Saturday morning, and uh, I've been lucky, I've had a lot of good weather in the Ben race as well, and the atmosphere is just absolutely completely charged. And um, without um, trying to oversell it, you're running with hell and gods. People, you know, um, they, they come from all directions of Great Britain to run the Ben Race and further afield. Uh, and you're just part of just one day of, uh, of magic. And uh, it's just amazing to see how quickly um, uh, these guys can get up and down. But, I mean, it, it goes with, like, saying Finlay Wilde is, you know, a legend and um, someone that I, I really admire. He's an absolute machine. <laughs> he is, um, and he's won every Ben race that I've uh, that I've I've, 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 I've entered and, and ran in, um, and the closest I've got to him uh, was in the Grog and Grill. Uh, after the first, <laughs> <laughs> I was having my third Ben race or whatever, where you know I managed to snatch a, a wee selfie with him, uh, and I've just got to see what a lovely guy. But yeah, Ben race is just magical. Um, it's fantastic. It's a weekend. It's uh, and in the pubs and for all are fully, uh, guys who are walking about like you know they've defecated in their shorts <laughs> and they're not bothered to take them off, because uh, your legs are absolutely charred. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's it's just something special about it. I, I can't I can't see I've I've ever done any other race that's felt like that. I had a field attempt at for the um, uh, sorry I had a field attempt at. Uh, the West Highland Way, and there's there's a, there's a huge amount of magic and mystique even uh, in that race. And I, I wish I'd been there, I wish I'd completed and been there at the end, um, but I had to pull out at Glencoe. Um, but that I'm sure that has the same, but I'd never quite completed that, so I, I can't say for certain, but even mm-hmm. being part of it was something a bit special. Yeah. Do you think that's something you might go back to, West Highland Way uh, years are ticking on, and uh, I certainly wouldn't be the oldest one to go and uh, give it a bash. Um, I, I know what it's all about. I've you know I've, I've, I've ran all the sections uh, individually. Uh, I 
I just I think I would still struggle with the distance, but really uh, your mortals will always struggle with that kind of distance. Um, I would like to think I would do it. Never say never. There's time yet. There's you know there's mm-hmm. there's things that pop up every day that make you think differently, and you and there'll be one day I'll wake up in my bed and go, that's it, I'm doing it. Yeah. I think the trouble would be getting entry again. Um, yeah. But yeah, if all things go right, who's to say in the next couple of years I might get an entry and mm-hmm. I might get accepted and I might be able to get that goblet. Um, like yourself, Leslie. You can sit alongside mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Goblet envy. <laughs> what about your worst running experience then? Have you got some real turkeys that you can remember that you've had a horrendous uh, experience at and that you would just care never to repeat? I've been very, very lucky where I've, I've not really had many DNFs. Uh, I have this uh, fallback strategy called tough it out. <laughs> uh, and, and rightly or wrongly it's it's nearly always got me to the end um, but uh, uh, even ultras I think I've, I've, even when the pace has dropped off and you felt fatigued and your, your body's just not responding I've, I've managed just to get to the end uh, I, I don't know I, I don't I, I think if you're out there and, and, you're, and you've done it and, and you're doing it and uh, there's always a positive, you know, because you've got to put yourself in this percentage of the population when you go, there's millions of people sitting on their backsides, mm, you know, yeah, true. just in Scotland alone, and you're, you're, you're turning up, whether it be a, you know, a, a starting field of 30 or, or 3,000, so mm-hmm. I don't think I, I like to take too much negative away from it. It's always a case of, um, you know, you've, you've done something great that you've, you've got yourself in the start line in the first place. Uh, you and I were supposed to run the Geneva Marathon this year. Yes. Um, that didn't quite happen, thanks nope. COVID. Um, do you have any specific running ambitions? I know you've done a couple of races abroad already. Um, certainly for me, I haven't done that, so that was one of mine. Um, but do you have anything, like a big event, um, some unique race or, or what have you that you would like to achieve? Um, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's more about numbers for me, to be honest with you. Right. It's, it's a mild OCD thing and um, it's a certain numbers thing. Because uh, I, I think I've discovered a lot of the races that I really like or, or distances that I like. So rather than have races that I, you know, I, I kind of gaze upon and think, oh, that would be really good to do. There are a few, but it tends to be, I tend to be driven by numbers. So mm-hmm. 100 marathons, the, the thing that really, you know, right. uh, sparks me on. And I've lost my way with that a little bit. Um, as you know, when when we met, uh, I'd done uh, nine marathons, <laughs> which is a way, way off 100, uh, <laughs> if my math serves me correctly. Um, but uh, you very kindly gifted me um, a marathon to do on uh, on the morning before my 40th birthday. Um, so we flew down to um, Gloucester and uh, I was able to uh, run a marathon, my 10th marathon that is, uh, so that was to get 10 onto 100, so I run my 10th marathon uh, and I was ru- actually running whilst I was having my birthday. Mm-hmm. I wasn't having like, a party when no. I was, <laughs> I was just, like, no. on the it time that like I was born, you know, so, um, but yeah, so th- that that was the thing, that, that kind of, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do 100 before I was 50, uh, so I did 10 before I was 40 and I'm 50 in January. And I've done twenty seven, um, so I don't know that you've got I enough just days can't left. see that happening, you know. So, um, so yeah, there's a hundred marathon things. So that that's right up there, and I'm mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm still you know hell bent on doing that. Uh, 
the other thing as well is uh, the Ben back to Ben Nevis again. We can't leave it alone. No. Uh, is uh, the Conicky plaque, uh, which is twenty one Ben Nevis completions. Uh, I should have been should have been my tenth Ben this mm-hmm. year. Um, and because of COVID again, it it's obviously didn't happen. So, so I'm stuck on nine at the moment. Uh, so I'm going to be up there in my z- <laughs> in my Zimmer frame uh, to get that plaque. But you know, I'm I've like got my head round. I think I, I just want to do it. So um, just tell the listeners what the McConaughey plaque is. Yeah, it's a, a plaque gifted to Ben runners who complete twenty one Ben Nevis races. They don't have to be in succession. Uh, but you do have to complete 21 Ben Nevis races uh, and that's gifted by the granddaughter I think of uh, of the, the black uh, um, giver um, whatever the term you use for <laughs> <laughs> so um, you put me on the spot here right? sorry um, um, but yeah aye so it's the lady I nearly threw up on a yes. couple of years back you know when she went well done she, she's given you to put the middle around your neck and I had to drive boat and um, I'm sure she'll remember me anyway she's she still around when it's time sure to get a flat she had it almost yeah, at her feet. I'm sure she'll uh, she'll offer the um, at the end of the race <laughs> if I do get a plaque, I'm sure she'll uh, she'll give it to one of their stewards or whatever. Then go and give that guy, you know, keeps him getting the dry bulk every time he sees me. Uh, he's black, so yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, the other numbers thing, and again, it's it's my just crazy head sometimes. Is uh, I had a as you know, we had a grandson in January, and I thought, you know what, you know, I'm forty nine. Uh, when he's twenty one, I'll be seventy. Yeah, we're going to do a first marathon. We're going to do his first marathon together when he's twenty one, and then. I'm on a real sharp decline just now in my fitness <laughs> and, and uh, you know, my enthusiasm for running. Uh, I think, I'm not going to be able to do a marathon on a 70, unless like, you do it on a bike. So, um, that, hey, you never know. Again, that's another number. Hopefully, I'll be closer to the 100 by then anyway. Um, oh, who knows, it might be 100 marathons with my grandson well, at 21. Well, it could be that day. Yeah. These, these numbers all work. But, you know, if I was a smart guy, my numbers thing... I might pick ten as a good number, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I seem I seem to go in hundreds. You know, everything's hundreds, you know, <laughs> hundred hill races, you know, then two hundred hill races, hundred half marathons, you know. So yeah, I should have picked a better number. That, mm-hmm. that's the long shot of it. Uh, another international marathon. Definitely another international marathon somewhere with you, you know, it's shame about Geneva for us, but um, you know, that happens. Uh but yeah, I'm I'm not sure quite quite where what, the beauty of it is is we can pick just anywhere. Yeah. Through through a you know a, a, a dart really you know <laughs> at the globe and say right we're at land spin the yeah. globe throw a dart we're at land we're goal you know. probably end up in Loch Ness again no <laughs> we've been there together ah, a few times the beauty of Loch Ness it's just fantastic <laughs> but yeah maybe maybe I wouldn't complain about that at all it's a fantastic place we've had some great memories here um but yeah we'll we'll, we'll get we'll get abroad you need to do an abroad one so we'll get abroad and do something um do a marathon there to uh, get get you. Your international marathon runner uh, mm-hmm. page stamped on your pass and your runner's passport, um, but for me, I mean, things like the UTMB and stuff like that, it's, it's kind of beyond me now. You know, I, I should have really tackled stuff like that if I was going to years and years ago. Right. And um, I think now I'm I'm certainly more uh, looking at you know less arduous you know uh, mm-hmm. races that you know that, that I know I can. Uh, not comfortably uh, complete, but certainly complete, you know, uh, with uh, with a good bit of training. So, But we'll see. If things change, you know, the, the running radar changes every year, doesn't it? So there's new yeah. races, you know, there's interesting stuff pops up all the time. So 
uh, never say never. Uh, you just don't know where your fitness is going to go after you. You know, when you're in your forties, you're approaching your fifties. One year you're fit, the next year you're shit. Uh, so we'll just have to see. You know what? What when I turn fifty, what's going to happen? Uh, I did have a policy for for fifty. Uh, F A F F. I won't go into what it means, but <laughs> David Gregg will understand what I'm on about. Um, and uh, I'm a wee, I'm way off the target, but I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting the wheels back on the wagon and, and starting to to push like mad again. Mm -hmm. You've got three months till uh, to your birthday, so that's <laughs> achievable. <laughs> Keep the pasta coming. Uh, and we'll, see, we'll, we'll see what we can get done. Um, this is a bit of a personal question. Um, and you can be as frank and honest as you want you? to be. Uh, sorry, what are you running away from? <clears throat> I'm just clearing my throat. I'm not getting emotional. <laughs> what am I running away from? Uh, is um, I think a large percentage is that exactly what everybody else is running away from. You know, uh, the 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 fear uh, of not being able to uh, to run anymore. The fear of not being fit. The fear of not being not entering your, you know, the later stages in your life, uh, not be able to do the things that you love or or do the things with the people that you want to that you love. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I'm running away from is um, issues with my mental health as well. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think um, I realised quite early on that um, my mental health was uh, bolstered and improved by running, uh, and there's no doubt about that. Uh, there's times where if I didn't have running in my life. I'm not sure I would have a life, to be fair. Um, I do have um, times where uh, running gets me out of that black hole and uh, keeps me motivated to, to, do, to do the right things in life. Um, I'm running away from uh, bipolar disorder and uh, everybody who knows me will recognise that um, there's times of the year where I have to ask my friends to kind of look out for me. Um, and they're pretty good at keeping in touch, um, making sure that I, I get out, I do, and the more I do, the, the more it helps. And uh, if I was not to run, I'm just not sure what type of person I'd be. Um, I certainly wouldn't be the person I want to be, I certainly wouldn't be the achiever I think I am. So I'm running away from bad mental health. And um, and I think the plus side of that is keeping keeping your you know your, your fitness your physical fitness as well, uh, and the feedback and mental health and mental fitness, uh, is incredible. Uh, it's a purely brain muscle thing you know, and the more you do it, it's like the more races you run, uh, the stronger you become, the mentally stronger you can you can become, and uh, I'd encourage anybody who is struggling with mental health to not only speak to someone get professional help but um, consider. Uh, an exercise uh, regime where they're able to get you know their, their, their daily or by you know daily fix or um, opportunity to, to even spend time with people who are doing the same things mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have to be running if that's not their thing but certainly do something that that can help improve it just it just helps take the edge off it sometimes you know so uh, it's just it's just good it's good that that's what I'm running away from it's a tonic like no other, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything that particularly annoys you about running? Um, I know I said in the last podcast that I did that 
snobbery comparisons, apps, things like this, they kind of annoy me a little bit. Um, do you have things that annoy you about running or runners or just the general thing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think that funky breathing shit that people do, you know, when they're... It's always the one that's running at the same pace as you, isn't it? You know, you're like, it's always in the context yeah, of a race, uh, isn't it? Like two it miles in a marathon and you've got this guy breathing <laughs> like a horse, you know, and he's like doing this crazy stuff and noises and you go, oh, come on. And, and if you speed up, they speed up. And you slow down, they slow down. It's like, just come on, give us a break, you know. So, uh, breathe in. <laughs> I'm not easily irritated, but people who breathe people. irritate me. Um, uh, but more recently, um, you know, that's just obviously a very general thing, more recently is, uh, I've seen during lockdown, is people who have been out running and just around the streets at a, you know, a fairly sedentary pace and they've got, you know, ult, what I'd call an ultra vest on um, and you go, us runners, we don't really have particular kit, you know, I mean, we wear stuff that we need for different events, <laughs> only, only because we have to, but it's like, you know, you, you, you're running back for the nursery and you've got this, you know, <laughs> all this gear on, you know, it's like, and I get it, I think it's people like want to get into it and maybe didn't understand the, the, the running ethos, it's, it's fairly minimalist, fairly minimalist mm-hmm. I think, as well, it accepted that it should be like that, but I think what it is like when they went, when they went and done uh, some other kind of sport, they had to buy all the gear and then you, you're in, but yeah, runners yeah, kind of yeah. like that, you know, you turn up in a pair of Asics and a pair of shorts, you know, and uh, and a, a running t-shirt, a vest, and that's you, you're ready, you're ready yeah, to go. Yeah, it doesn't need uh, to be a bit yeah. of a funky kit. And uh, I, th- I think that's the beauty of it. It's like, don't don't put out, put out this image that, you know, you need all this stuff, you know, that to, just to go out run. Nah, it's as free as ever. Just just get out there and, and do it. Just feel the wind through your ears, as I would say, you know, so and, uh, and, and make it as basic as possible mm-hmm. for as long as possible. Yeah, sounds good. That sounds like good advice to um to new runners. Would you say that you know it's the kind of thing that you would say to people who are quite new to running, you know, just go out and enjoy it and don't bother about the fancy kit and everything else. Just go and do your thing. Yeah, don't don't necessarily spend a lot of money on it before you go out and do it because what you'll find is when you go out and do it, you'll actually want to spend money on it. <laughs> uh, I I I think I um. I, uh, other brands are available, but uh, TK Maxx at the time is where I was buying my first running <laughs> shoes, and I think I went through three pairs. Used to think, I'm not buying the right thing here. I need to go to a running shop, but I, I wasn't a runner, so I was a bit apprehensive about going into a running shop. And I think it was running become I went into and bought my first pair of running shoes uh, because I think I got something in a bag after an event, and uh, and from there on, you know, I I I, I did seek out the the right equipment, you know, that that, that suited uh, mm-hmm. suited me to run, but. Yeah, don't don't go away and buy stuff. Just try and get try and get on it. Run a mile, you know. Run a mile what you've got. You can run a mile on anything, you know. You can run a mile on stilettos. You can run a mile on a pair of Doc Martin boots. Uh, run a mile. Once you run a mile, see about it after that, you know. And yeah. if you can run a mile, you can run a marathon. You might need running shoes for that, mind you. So. <laughs> Thank you. Probably yeah. would. Yeah. Uh, good advice. We're going to wind things up a little bit here and go through our cool down. Uh, first thing I want to ask you here, Colin, then, is what is your favourite shoe? Um, it can be a brand of shoe, a specific type of shoe. Um, the kind of shoe that is your go-to. Yeah, how many brands am I allowed to choose? Yeah, so. <laughs> well, I think just the one. If you were only to choose one, if you you know, if you know were going away on a, a magical mystery tour and somebody said, bring your trainers, but they didn't tell you where you were going. Oof. 
probably hawkers, but they don't they don't apply to everything. Certainly, they're, they're very much an energy absorption but comfortable shoe. Uh, but I've got to add extra here: uh, Sportiva for their sexiness and Salomon Speedcross for their practicality. That's three uh, shoes now. Yeah. So right. So <laughs> so hawkers, Sportiva, and uh, Salomon's. Right. One okay. each. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, what about a running Garmin? Uh, what would you take with you there? That could be, be anything, something to wear, um, socks, your favourite pants, what kind of thing? Definitely pants, but yeah. um, favourite running Garmin would be, uh, it has to be Lambswell socks, Smartwell socks. My feet are like pig trotters, you know, <laughs> after like, even after two or three miles. Um, I, if I don't protect my feet, it doesn't matter what the distance is, I, I just can't do it. Listeners, this is a man who gets blisters put in the bin out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got baby feet and there's not much I can do about it. Um, I get annoyed by people that, you know, are asked, uh, who ask, not people who ask about stocks, but people who responses like, I wear these, I never get blisters. I've wore everything, I get blisters for everything apart from smart roll socks. Um, they are the only things, but they have to be the top end, <laughs> mega expensive smart roll socks and uh, that does it plus loads of Vaseline and uh, you know and then just I don't know a good foot management but yeah socks and a lot of luck socks. yeah socks so I, definitely your, yeah. your smart wool socks yeah. um, where is your favourite place to run uh, that could be here somewhere else you know, know it could be local again, or again it's like I'm going to rattle off you know <laughs> uh, I'm not going to rattle off three places um, one of my favourite places to run is uh, on the West Island Way with you. Um, on the West Island Way <laughs> with you, that's one of my favourite places to run. It just feels just brilliant. Yeah. Um, I do love Dean Plantation, uh, just beyond our back garden though, uh, in Crossford. Uh, I think Dean Plantation is fantastic. It offers everything uh, as far as the trail goes, you know, dips and hills and uh, mm -hmm. water and, and everything. So I love Dean Plantation, but, but you know, if I, it's, it's on, it's on doorstep, but if, if you say, right, We'll run anywhere today, it's a nice day, where can we go? Take us to the West Island Way, anywhere, any mm -hmm. section, you know, just yeah, little bit. Yeah. It's great, it's yeah. just fantastic. So how would you describe your favourite route then? So if you were, you know, away to, to go and do a section of the West Island Way or, or, you know, somewhere else that you fancied going, what would the route look like? Ah, right, okay. Um, I, I, I would have to make a noise with every foot strike. Uh, right. the, you know, the trail would have to make a noise with, with every foot strike that you made. Uh, I think that is just a good uh, kind of metronome uh, motivator in, in your mind. Um, it would, you know, soft, uh, tree rooty, gravelly, um, undulating, uh, but not always uphill, you know, mm -hmm. just, just mm -hmm. undulating so enough recovery you know, yeah. for your quads. But, you know, that type of thing where, uh, and, and, there's nothing, you can't hear a car, there's nothing close by, there's just the, you know, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't get into the sort of whole sound of silence and the madman thing, but um, yeah, there's just the sound of your, your own feet and in uh, your running partner and a bit of chat, you know, mm -hmm. but, but not too much. Cause, Hopefully you know, not my heavy breathing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that, that would be, be perfect, yeah. Just, you know, the noise of the water running past as well and... Uh, yeah, just just a bit of silence, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. If you were to pick your favourite race or a race where you could, you know, you were told you can only ever do one more race, what would you choose? <sighs> I guess it'd be a toss up between the Loch Ness Marathon and the Ben race. Right. I think. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. I've done as many 
of one as I have of the other. Uh, but then again, you've got Coniston Marathon as well. <laughs> so, you know, any three of those. So, yep, yeah, one of those three. That's three again. Yeah, We're on the I know, threes here. I, at least it's not 100. Three's a good number. This is true. Yeah. Uh, music or no music? Or podcast even? <laughs> <laughs> I really like to run and listen to a podcast that my wife has made. <laughs> <laughs> no bias here, of course. Uh, no, no music normally, but I do... Find that when I'm running strong, uh, when I'm fit, music can help, uh, you know, uh, suppress the thoughts of fatigue. Um, so yeah, in the early days I used to run with a bit of music on when MP3 players used to have about two albums on them. But um, these days I don't run with music an awful lot. So uh, 90%, 90, 90, probably 98% of the time I don't run with music. So no music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no music. No podcast, apart from mine, of course. Um, Colin, thank you very much for joining me and I hope you all have a good listen to this. Cheers. I'm going to wrap up with a few final thoughts again for this week. Colin mentioned there his own personal reasons for running and I'm pretty certain that a lot of people can relate to that. Whatever your own reasons are, then it's your journey and it's certainly my belief that you should run to please yourself and not please others there's been a fair bit of chatter this week about pacing um and you know who's running at whose pace uh certainly as far as i'm concerned you should be running at your own pace and if you're getting pushed along a little bit then you know that's not too bad but if you're meant to be running something at a particular pace and you're running it significantly faster the danger is you're going to hurt yourself and that's not a position that anyone wants to be in right now. Um, trust me on that one. Um, have a great week and take care.